the KCL or Daily with Brian Redmond on air, online, and on smart speaker. With thanks to the Fairgreen Shopping Centre gift card, the perfect gift for all occasions. See fairgreen.ie. All week long, we've been talking about the referendum. You know, we've had people campaigning for a yes, yes. We've had people campaigning for a no, no. We've had those discussions separately. We've kept everything organised. Uh, but today's Friday panel is going to, for the first time, have a little bit more of an open discussion about it because our two Friday panellists joining me today, Nolian Blackwell is a human rights lawyer and Senator Tom Clonan. There are two guests this week on the Friday panel. The Friday panel on the KCL or Daily with thanks to Poe Kiley Hogan Lanigan, Kilkenny's leading law firm. See a full list of our services at pkhl.ie. So first of all, thanks to both of you for joining us. Uh, Nolan uh, Blackwell, human rights lawyer, is joining us on WhatsApp and Senator Tom Clonan um, is in the studio. Again, thanks for both uh, your time. Um, what we've been doing all week is we've tried to keep as much as we possibly can the debate, the discussion, the comments separate. There's two separate amendments here that people are being asked to vote on. And rather than confusing the issue by jumping backwards and forwards in relation to those two different amendments, we're keeping them separate. So we're going to focus this morning a little bit more on the CARE amendment. Um, what I wanted to try and do is, first of all, I suppose, give you both an opportunity to speak independently uh, before we get into a broader discussion. Uh, Nolan, human rights lawyer, what's your thoughts on the proposed uh, changes on the CARE amendment? You're advocating for a yes vote. Yes, yes, I am. I'm certainly going to vote yes myself after a lot of thought on this particular one. So, again, if you've been talking about it during the week, Brian, you're probably over the ground. But I still think it's worth going back to what we have there at the moment. What we have at the moment is a situation where the state values women for their role in the home. And then goes on to say it particularly values uh, or it particularly wants uh, mothers not to neglect their duties in the home. And both of those might have been perfectly all right in 1937. There was a view of women, although even in those days there were protests uh, by women against that, only recognising them in the home and only giving mothers duties in the home. So what's proposed is the good news of what's proposed is that it is proposed in the amendment to recognise carers. We know, all of us know in our personal lives, I know from my work over decades, uh, that carers come in all shapes and sizes, all genders, all relationships. So that the introduction of the word carers and the recognition of carers in the home is an improvement on what's there already because it, it recognises a wider group of carers and it takes out language that is frankly offensive and from maybe the first half of the 20th century. The bad news in relation to this uh, particular one on the referendum, in some ways the other uh, one is an easier one to decide on, that all families should be recognised. But the problem with this one is I know from friends of mine, from colleagues and from others, that those who are active in disability rights, uh, those who are disabled people themselves, a lot of them are very disappointed that it only recognises care in the family and that it doesn't recognise the equality of people with disabilities. And so, but there's nothing I can do about that. All I have to do is 
take my deeply treasured right to vote and say what is proposed is better than what's there at the moment. And that's what I will be doing for all the carers that I know uh, who have done such amazing work. I want to say as well, it is only the first step. We still have to get recognition of their place in society. We still have to get recognition of the equality of people with disabilities. But that I cannot do in this referendum. Okay, well, uh, Noreen Blackwell, given her thoughts on uh, the upcoming referendum, uh, vote yes, campaign advocates. Um, Tom, um, Senator Tom uh, Clonan, two minutes to to put your point on. I know you've got different views maybe on on, on the two different Uh, minutes. Thanks, Brian. And hi, Noreen. Um, Hello, Senator Tom. Good to talk to you. And you. And Noreen is somebody I have huge respect for. And uh, so, but unfortunately, we're we're going to disagree on this. Um, So just for the listeners to know, I'm a carer. Uh, I'm a parent of four adult, allegedly, and teenage children. Uh, my 22-year-old son, Owen, uh, is a wheelchair user. He's a rare neuromuscular disease. He's partially sighted. Uh, he is against all the odds in second year in college in Dublin. And I can tell you, after 20 years of being a carer in Ireland, there is very little support for families. Uh, it is almost impossible for disabled citizens to live independently outside of the home, outside of the family, almost impossible for them to participate fully and autonomously and independently in the economic, social, cultural life of this of this republic. We are international outliers in the European Union. We're the only country in the European Union where disabled citizens do not have the legal right to care supports, to independent living. We're the only ones. Now, the Citizens' Assembly and the Joint Oireachtas Committee on Gender Equality both recommended to government that they put in the wording that we're going to vote on explicitly that the state will support care in the community. And the government didn't do that. They chose to take that wording out. And so what we have in this 42B is constitutional expression to the idea that family will be the primary carers for for whether it be elderly people, your elderly family members, whether it be somebody who's had a stroke injury, whether you have a disabled child, whether that child be uh, an adult, that this will fall to the family. The state, in, in this wording, will give that constitutional expression. And, that, and by use of the word strive, that the state will strive to help. They've very carefully chosen that word with all their legal advice so that it's not justiciable, it's not legally enforceable, and it gives the HSE an out. And I'm telling you now, 98% of unpaid carers in families are women and girls. Okay. And I agree we should take out the sexist wording, but what you're putting in is even more sexist, more paternalistic, more patriarchal, and it's toxic. Okay, so uh, we've heard from from both uh, a yes view and a no viewpoint. We're talking specifically at the moment about the care amendment, which is the second of the two amendments you'll be asked to vote on if you are turning up on March the 8th, and we'd obviously encourage everybody uh, to vote. It's the one that's on the green coloured ballot paper, and it'll be the most important thing probably, uh, apart from your own decision to take in with you on the day. Uh, the proposal in this amendment uh, that people are asked to vote on would suggest that the change would be that the state recognises that the provision of care by members of the family to one another be by reason of the bonds that exist among them gives a society a support without which common good cannot be achieved and shall strive to support. We've heard from Nolan Blackwell, human rights lawyer. We've heard from Senator Tom Clonan, a carer himself. Um, if I go back to Nolan, um, 
Senator Clarkin yeah. making the point that um, this is not the right wording because of the fact that it's not strong enough. What would you say to that? I would say 100% I would say that it is an awful pity that I don't have that option to put in what the Citizens' Assembly proposed because actually we have, I have no, no argument whatsoever with what Senator Clonan says about the failure of the state to allow people with disability to be recognised as equal and entitled to independent living in the community. I'm not given that opportunity in this referendum. The only issue I would take with Tom in relation to this is where he says that the proposed new amendment is more sexist, more paternalistic. That I I don't agree with respectfully. I believe that the current wording, which recognises women the, the special place of women in the home and mothers having duties in the home which they can neglect only. That is from a different century. It's from a different time. It's not even true anymore that that's how parents behave. Um, It's not true that women only give their special support to the community by their place in the home. It is not true that women are the only people with duties. So that needs to go is my main thing. So I had to look really carefully at the new one in the light of really great arguments that this uh, this piece does very, does little or nothing to extend the real rights of people with disabilities. Okay. That I get, but I have I have to choose either it or to leave the existing one there, which is, is fiercely Trump? sexist, fiercely paternalistic. Sorry, I went on. Sorry, Brian. No, it's okay. Thanks, Nolene. <clears throat> so, look, <clears throat> if I can bring lived experience to this, care in Ireland is a shambles. It really is. We're, like I said, we're the only country in the European Union where we don't get proper care supports. We're outliers. In our own case, when my son went eight, at 18 into the adult services, I contacted the health services executive to ask them, what's the plan for Owen? Where is he going to live? How is he going to live? And the disability services manager, I hope everybody's listening, the disability services manager in the HSE told me, well, he's living at home with you. That's the plan, isn't it? And I said, I was a bit surprised, but that's what's in this constitutional amendment, that care will be the primary responsibility of the family. I said, but what happens when I die? And the HSE Disability Services Manager said to me, well, does he have siblings? I said, yes, he does. And she said, does he have a sister? And I said, yes, he does. And she said to me, well, she look after him when you die. That's your sexism right there. And this wording collaborate with, collaborates with and extends the patriarchal and deeply sexist notion and paternalistic patriarchal notion that care should be provided by family members. And there are thousands and thousands of families across this republic who, whose pain cannot be seen because their, their dependents, their loved ones, are cared for in the home, out of the way, where they can't be seen, where they can't participate and live independently. My son cannot have the modest aspiration of living in his own little apartment with his care package because that doesn't exist in Ireland. And this wording, which was very carefully chosen, by the state to protect itself from the cost of providing such care confines people. And in terms of, you know, disabled citizens are a protected category of citizen in Ireland. You would not 
discriminate against people on the basis of LGBTQI questioning. You wouldn't, because that's called homophobia. You would not uh, discriminate against people on the basis of their sexual orientation or their gender because that's sexism or their ethnicity because that's racism. Now, to subordinate the rights of disabled people, let me be clear, is ableism. And ableism, if it's a new word to people, is as bad as being sexist, it's as bad as being racist, it's as bad as being homophobic. And by saying you take a little pat on the head, no rights for you this time, you can wait your turn. That has been the experience of disabled citizens and carers in this republic shamefully for decades. And this is not good enough. And we do have a choice here. Reject it. Vote no. Um, Nolly Blackwell, what would you say to that? Yeah, so if if you vote no, then you leave in what is there. And I was very struck by that example from Senator Tom around dealing with an executive who first of all assumed he would care for his very independent, smart son, and that if he didn't, that his son's sister would do it for him. That is what our constitution suggests should happen at the moment. That's where we say it is women who are, have the place in the home and it is mothers who can neglect their duties. It may very well be if that piece was not in the constitution, we would have a health service that was slightly more aware that it was not a matter of gender as to who would take up the caring responsibilities. And again, I think uh, Senator Tom himself has said it often, it's mostly women uh, uh, that are doing the care in the community. That is what our constitution suggests should happen at the moment. I will not be able to fix the issues that correctly stated and eloquently stated issues that Senator Clonan has said uh, in relation to the rights of people with disabilities, which are not being vindicated by this piece. But this referendum can't do it. But what it can do is it can take out that that may be all right in 1937, not all right in 2024, that women are the people who have to do all of this work. At least let's introduce the care there. It will not solve any of the problems, but it may actually advance a discussion, a better discussion on it. Senator Tom Clowlin, it's not going to solve your problem. It's going to make it worse. solve another problem. It's going to make it worse because the de facto impact of this wording means that the constitution, it'll give constitutional expression to the idea that the family are the primary caregivers. It gives the HSE an out and this government is hostile to the rights of carers and disabled citizens. I introduced a disability rights bill last year. Cabinet rejected it, instructed that it be voted down, that it be struck down. Two in... 31st of January, I put an amendment in the in the Shannon that the government immediately ratify the UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, particularly Article 19, to give them independent living rights. The government voted against it. Mm. You know, they, and that's the context in which they have pr- pr- produced this rabbit out of a hat. The UN and the World Health Organization tells us that every single human being will be disabled for at least eight years in their life, normally towards the end of life. Anybody who votes yes for this uh, amendment is engaging wittingly or unwittingly in an act of self-harm. And the de facto impact of this is 98% 
of unpaid carers in the family are women and girls. And this wording gives constitutional effect to that. We have, <laughs> this is a dog's dinner. And FLAC, the Flea, Le- Free Flea Legal Advice uh, group of lawyers uh, in uh, Irish Human Rights and Equality Commission um, the uh, lawyers for no they've all come out and said that this is yeah, a that's very not a actually fun, so. that's fundamentally not so. flawed well what we'll do we'll take a pause in proceedings there for a moment um, you're yeah. listening to Nolan Blackwell yeah. Human Rights Lawyer and Senator Tom McClellan uh, we're talking about uh, the upcoming referendum particularly the care amendment at the moment uh, we're going to take a short break short pause and uh, Nolan if it's okay with you I'll give you an opportunity to respond to Tom on that point in just a moment The KCLR Daily with Brian Redmond on air online and on smart speaker we're continuing our discussions around the, the upcoming referendum. It's uh, happening March 8th. Referendums, two separate referendums happening on the day. One in relation to family and the second one on care. Um, I had intended to move on to the family amendment just now, but just before that break, um, Senator Tom Clonan made a point in relation to um, lawyers connected to the Free Legal Advice Service. Um, and Nolan, you didn't seem to think that what Tom was suggesting was correct. Oh yeah, so it, it was uh, it was when he went on a little bit further. But I have to um, speak a little bit when he mentions Slack because uh, a lot of your listeners might know I was associated with Slack for over a decade uh, as director. Uh, so Slack, uh, you're he's correct in saying that Slack uh, decided uh, that yes, Slack is advocating. Uh, that people not vote for uh, the care referendum. Um, the Irish women lawyers, on the other hand, are voting that they that there be a yes to that. Irish women lawyers say it is it is a step in the right direction. The uh, Human Rights and Equality Commission has not come out with a position in relation to it. So that was the point where I just wanted to check in with Tom. But anyway, it's only a small point, but okay. they haven't a position. Um, I, I have two comments from listeners just to put to you. Um, I'll put this one, I suppose, I'll put this one to Nolan, first of all. Nolan, this says, uh, Tom is right. Strive places no obligation on the state. Uh, Where was the discussion in advance of this wording? This is so flawed and removes vital protections. I don't trust this, says Margaret. Yeah, so so absolutely right. And even uh, the head of the Electoral Commission, who Marie Baker, who's also a judge of the Supreme Court, uh, says strive is slightly better than what was there already. It simply means try hard. So look, this is a weak... This is a weak proposal. All it really does is introduce the concept of carers into the um, uh, into the into the constitution itself. I frankly don't think that it is going to take rights any further. But neither did what was there already. The the provision that is there already never once in the. 80 years that it's been there, never once has it helped women and never once has it helped mothers. So what we are looking at is something where the constitution sets out the values that we have in our lives. And this is not the piece of law that I would be expecting to deliver rights. We will have to work much harder in order to deliver better rights. I'm going to do the same in reverse now. I'm going to put a text uh, to Senator Clonan. Um, The first comment, which is not factual, says this texter, um, suggesting that it's more offensive to remove mothers from the constitution. Um, We all have mothers that brought us into the world. Yeah, suggesting that um, maybe they shouldn't be changing it at all. Well, I, I had a mother myself. <laughs> you know, I um, look. I, I I agree with Nolene that the the current wording 
is anachronistic. But I'm I'm not so much concerned about <clears throat> what we're taking out as to what we're putting, putting in. in. And what we're putting in, and Nolene is right, it doesn't confer rights on anybody, but it is toxic to the rights of disabled citizens to live independently away from the family. Like, what about a disabled person who doesn't get on with their family or has been abused by a family member or just doesn't have family? What 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 what's there? You know, this gives constitutional expression to the idea that family are the primary and exclusive caregivers. And it and it, and this wording didn't just fall out of a clamshell. They chose this. They edited carefully. They they chose the word strive to indemnify the state against any liability to pay for independent care supports outside of the home, which was exactly what the constitutional, uh, the, the Citizens' Assembly, what they recommended, that that e- explicit wording be put in. Let me be really clear here. I voted yes for repeal the 8th. I voted yes for marriage equality. And the government and certain NGOs are using all this yes, yes, equality rhetoric and language to try and persuade people that this is a good thing. Whatever about the First Amendment, <laughs> I am voting no for the second one. And anybody who votes no, yes, for that care referendum, they're engaging in an act of self-harm. It's a collective self-harm if Irish people vote for that. Well, we're getting tight on time. Thank you very much for both joining us. But what I want to do very quickly before we do completely run out of time is also touch on the other amendment, the family amendment. Again, Noli and Blackwell, you're calling uh, to vote yes. Um, Other durable relationships seems to be the term that most people are struggling with here. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah, so I I just want to go back a little step because the Constitution currently recognises the family as the primary and fundamental unit and then goes on to say the family is a family based on marriage. So the reality, so if you look at what we have right now, the Constitution protects the family based on marriage. The last census said about 40% of our families in Ireland, uh, the children in our families, are in are not are in units that are not based on marriage and so the reality of the current situation is that if you have two children sitting beside each other in a bus or a school and for one of them their parents aren't married they've nothing to do with that but the other child their parents are married the child with the married parents is preferred by our constitution over the child with the unmarried parents i am certain all of our listeners, all of the listeners to this and all of us in our own lives know lots of really great, long-standing, durable relationships where the parents, for one reason or another, are not married. I cannot live with a situation where the children of the land, I would hate to wake up on the 9th of March and find that children were being discriminated against simply on the basis that their parents weren't married. Yeah. So um, thanks. I'm always like I mean, I have so much respect for people with the legal training and lawyers like Nolene, because every time I hear a discussion of of this amendment, I I learn something new. And and obviously the the status and value that we assign to all families should be, you know, that that there is a requirement for equality. Uh, I suppose I'm still considering it because there are um, concerns about the the, there's a lack of precision around the the definition of what constitutes a durable relationship. And that that could have really seismic impacts for for family groups that we're not aware of now, you know, in terms of 
um, yeah. inheritance rights in terms of the family home, the integrity of the family home. And, you know, you could have children who, whose, you know, security uh, could be compromised. But I, I haven't made up my mind. But could I just say, um, like, it's, it's really great to have a discussion that that's an exchange of light as opposed to an exchange of heat. And I, I hope people listening to this w- will just get out and vote because we're, we're so lucky to have a, yeah. a, a vibrant democracy. Let's, I would urge people, whether you're going to vote yes or whether you're going to vote no or yes, yes or yes, no or whatever, please get out and vote. Encourage your family members to get out and vote for this thing. We need a high turnout even just to show people how much we care about these issues and that's one thing Nolene and I absolutely have in common. We're both passionate about this and we both care about it, albeit the, the, the differences of, of opinion that we have. Yeah, uh, Nolene Blackwell, I'm sure You'd, you, you would agree totally with, with Senator Clown. When we see so many countries around the world um, you know, not being afforded a, a working democracy as we have here in our, this country, whatever way people might be thinking, you would obviously encourage them to get out and vote as well. Uh, absolutely. It's one of the things I treasure above all else is that capacity to vote and that capacity to have discussions around things that are really important and the rights of people. And this is really important. Brian, if uh, um, if you had time, I might just say a little bit about the durable relationship because it seems to be the thing that's tripping everybody up along the way. Well, I'll tell you what to do. I'll hold um, there for it, one moment. If you've asked me, got time. I have exactly nine minutes left in the show after I take this very short break and you're more than welcome to share that with Senator Tom Clownan as well. So just pause for a moment and we'll come straight back to you on that one. The Friday panel on the KCLR Daily with thanks to Poe Kiley Hogan Lanigan, Kilkenny's leading law firm. See a full list of our services at pkhl.ie. Our Friday panellists today, Senator Tom Clonan and Nolan Blackwell. We're talking about the referendum in a balanced way, as we have to do. We're going to have one last little chat about that. But before I do, in case everyone out of time, I also wanted to congratulate Breda Holden, who's today's winner of our Skechers Shoes, brought to you with thanks to the Skechers store in McDonough Junction. Congratulations. Congratulations to you, Brida, and uh, enjoy walking comfortably. Um, some people not walking quite so comfortably towards that upcoming referendum, not quite having made their discussions and conversations and thoughts uh, fully formed yet. But Nolan Blackwell, you wanted to make a point about that phrase in the um, family amendment that's been challenging people's thoughts, other durable relationships. I'll give you a moment, uh, one minute to talk on that if you wish. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it mightn't even take me a minute. Um, so just in terms of, I think really people know the meaning of durable in all sorts of ways. But the, the question that people have is, what would happen if that went into the courts and there was a court case about it? Really is, is I think, what's really bothering people. And if, uh, if we take, if something like that ever actually gets to the level of going into a constitutional challenge, there's a couple of things that people might bear in mind. One is that the odd definition of of durable that have come up won't be the acceptable ones because our law requires that people take the normal and natural meaning of it. But even if the court had to delve into the meaning of whether something was a durable relationship or not, that's not used in elsewhere in our constitution, but we're actually using it a good bit in European Union law. So if Uh, uh, an immigration relationship is being looked at in European Union law at the moment. It's actually gone as far as the Supreme Court about whether there is a durable relationship Mm. or not. So it's a word that our law does understand. And even though it has been used for a number of years, nothing awful has, you know, nothing often has happened. So the word marriage, similarly... 
To me as a layperson, no, apologies, Donald, from, to me as a layperson, yeah. uh, without having the privilege of having sat at the bar, um, uh, you know, yeah. the word durable me, yeah. feels vague. Yeah, so so is a lot of other words in so is a lot of other words in our uh, constitution, and we spoke about strive and uh, try and all of these words earlier along the way as well. What do they mean? So the constitution, though, is the the bunrock, the basic law of the land, yeah. and it is. If it's defined too narrowly at that level, then it, it won't work for other relationships. If we were to say this is the only type of durable relationship you can have, then we would be excluding a lot of people who listening to us today are in durable relationships. Their children are children of durable relationships, but we mightn't catch them exactly. So that's where... After you have the constitution, okay. then you get your laws, then you get your policies, and then you get your court decisions. Um, Senator um, Tom Clonan, just to give you a last thought, if you could just sum up, uh, as Nolan has done, your thoughts on yeah. both so, halves of these so, amendments. So just to echo what Nolan said, the, the, the language is very imprecise. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but I am a legislator. And I have drawn up legislation and we have extensive legal supports, the Office of Parliamentary Legal uh, Advisors and so on. So the fact that the government have selected this wording, the imp- imprecision of it in both amendments, it's frankly, uh, I, I would say, you know, caveat emptor. I, I wouldn't vote for uh, certainly the one on care. And it is significant that the government did not allow any pre-legislative scrutiny. PLS. They used their majorities on the government joint directors committees to absolutely rule out any pre-legislative scrutiny, which is very, very unusual. And also they rushed and guillotined the, this legislation so that no amendments, even small little simple amendments to clarify these issues, they weren't allowed because they wanted to have this referendum on International Women's Day. I celebrate International Women's Day, but I think the, the rushing of this legislation, the lack of amendment, the lack of le- scrutiny is very, very cynical. Well, we've uh, completed the debate for today. Thank you so much to to both our panellists on today's Friday panel. Um, Nolan Blackwell, human rights lawyer, campaigning for a yes. And uh, Senator Thank Tom you. Clonan, um, campaigning for a, a no. Um, we'll round out our general conversations about the referendum again on Monday when we finish this up by talking, uh, as we did at the beginning, to Justice Baker. Um, if you've got any questions that you would like us to put to Justice Baker on your behalf, the KCLR Daily at KCLR96FM.com. Get them into us. The KCLR Daily with Brian Redmond on air, online and on smart speaker with thanks to the Fairgreen Shopping Centre gift card the perfect gift for all occasions see fairgreen.ie